Hey everybody, this is Remy. I'm hosting today's episode of Chatting with Country. On today, I have a special guest who is near and dear in my heart. Welcome, Country. What's up? What's up? <laughs> How you doing on this wonderful evening? I'm doing good. I guess I'm doing a little better than you, seeing that it's a little frosty there. It is cold. It's it's um, 22 degrees is what the um, the temp is showing, but I'm sure it's colder than that. I'm mm-hmm. sure it is. How's the how is the weather there? We're about the same. So we like 24 ish. Okay, okay, okay. Is it snowing there? We have snow, yes, but is it actively snowing? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, on this day, I have a couple questions for you. I want to get to know you. Mm, well, good luck with that. Let's see what happens. So I want to listen. I want to start off. I don't want to be. I'm going to be too aggressive. I just want to ask a couple questions. Um. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna start off gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be gentle. Please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be a little gentle with you today. Can you just tell me, tell me about you? Whatever it is you want me to know from your childhood. Just a brief outline from your childhood, which you can remember. You know, I other things like that. Just give me a little something. I hate questions like that because they are like super large. Um questions like from my childhood um i grew up in miller projects and we stayed there till i was like 13 moved from miller projects to the west side to beckman terrace off of 24th avenue across from oak known i lived over there until my senior year in high school and then i moved out um from there, I ended up getting pregnant and I left. I left from there. I went to Bald Head State in Monty, came home from there. <laughs> We're not about <laughs> to do that today, there. but go ahead. Huh? <laughs> came home from there. Okay. And I had uh, Tiana, my oldest child, and I moved into Ivanhoe and I was in Ivanhoe. And then, yeah, I, you know, I was grown then kind of became like a, a, a drug pen and that's just the beginning part minus all of the you know negative right. stuff so we're gonna we're gonna start there we'll start we'll start at that section of your life up until you decide to do something different that's fair well i guess I we'll would. start there we're gonna start there we're gonna go to your you know after like well, because kind of like before Tiana um, is where the seed got deposited for me to change my life. So I guess I will kind of bag up some. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Right. Yeah. So let's go back so to the now, projects. Let's go back there. So what was it like in Miller Projects? Um, Miller Projects was, and I'm sure that everybody that listened that grew up with me. <laughs> I say the same thing because we lived in Miller Projects we kind of had to um, be a little bit harder right you had Glenn Ryan and they mamas and daddies 
work because they was in houses and someone was subsidized yeah. and someone wasn't right and so mm-hmm. we were basically classified as the poor kids and so we had to steal what we had um, wear the same thing over share things etc so I started selling joints on a basketball court at 11 with my brother Andrew Okay. and like going to middle school elementary school was pretty cool but okay. like all the fighting my friends started dying start happening at Kennedy King and like it was a group of us that we sold Mad Dog 2020 we sold uh, the Blue Sucker <laughs> Flame Highs I'm not lying we had a Bulls Triple Fat Goose coat where I had cut around the sides and I could open it up and it used to be a pink store right before you went under the viaduct it's been so right. many other things but we would go up and now we were going around foods and just like tear it rip it up and go to school and sell the stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so that was like the start of my foundation. The staying in hella fights was always fighting because it was like we had a point to prove. But on top of that, a lot of my friends who I'm cool with now, like they used to get bullied. And so I was a bully to the bullies, if that makes any sense, right? Right. Baba Yeager. Yeah, don't just bother people for no reason because, you know, it was like one of them things where I had something for you. But I was a very respectable person. My heart has always been pure. You know, ain't nothing happened on accident. If you got your ass whooped, you just got your ass whooped. You know, and I had a one hit of quitter that people paid for, you know, to just dismantle people. Not so did you fight that I'm dudes, too? I'm proud was about. It? I fought whatever. It didn't matter. Your mama, <laughs> your daddy, you know, if your grandma wanted some action, she got some, too. I had no respect to person, right? And so right. that that had a lot to do with, like, my household setting, too, right? Okay. My set, I, And I know I didn't say it right about a thousand times, but that's okay. I, I'm going to keep saying it. And, and so I had a stepfather who moved in. And when you're used to being the parent, and somebody just come in the house and like take over and I know you got a whole family somewhere else it was a lot of stuff that went on the plexiglass that's at work now that 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 was there was because I threw somebody through it and so instead of having glass they had to put up the little fiber plexiglass plate right right there um my grandfather was somebody that was important to me because my senior year is when he passed away and on his deathbed he told me he was like little mama I'm gonna need you to get it together because I'm not gonna always be here right right and you know that was like a starting point for me so I had to change that mindset like life is just one big mindset and so what age age were you when it happened oh like 17 18 but but I heard what he said, but it got worse from now. So now we can start with your questions. <laughs> so it got worse from now. That's great. Did it? So okay. So pretty much your your the structure of lack thereof, and the household was a big contributing factor for 
the the things that you did. I'm not gonna call them bad. I'm gonna just say things that you're not as proud of. I can honestly say like the structure was fine because it was still as though you know the house was being ran. My mama went to work. I made sure we right, ate, right, right, went right. to school. Da 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 da. We cleaned up, and so the structure was there. It's just I'm referring the small to small things that right. made me, you know, strike out and go but to school I'm, and just take it out on people. But I'm referring to like the stepfather, the fact that you actually knew that he had a a, a solidified family somewhere else. Did didn't that have an impact on you? Oh yeah, it made me rebel. Okay, and right. Stuff. So yeah, I got picked on for that. Right, so that's what I meant by structure. Is that's supposed to be the the head? You know what I mean? Now, despite what he had over over at the other place, because he was he wasn't in a position to be a a leader of the house slash head of the house. You knew the one weakness was the fact that he was on things somewhere else, and that that forced you to rebel. Did you ever? I think got sent like away it. my freshman year because of, because of him, you know. So and my mama, right. my mama right. okay. would say it was something different, right? But it was okay. him. He wanted me out the house because he needed control. <laughs> so how you did know. that make you look at your mom? Uh, like she wants shit. Have you ever expressed that to her at that time? At that time. I'm I'm pretty sure at that time we shared our mamas. My mama was an Erica Kane. And she still is to this day. You know, you can catch Facebook videos of her just, you know, you'd be like, cue the tears. You know, we was in a meeting for Title 20. <laughs> I ain't like, we was in a meeting for Title 20 uh, one day. And, and they was just, that's when I got sent away. And they were sitting around the table and she, she cued her tears and she was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, you guys can just figure it out. You know, take it to LCJC or wherever because I can't deal with her. But that wasn't my mama. My mama right. would hem me up. Like, we fought back to back. She fought house and I fought his partner. And then, after I got out of LCJC, I beat the hell out of Talisha, his stepdaughter. Right? Because mm. I couldn't get to him, so his daughter had to get it. Right. So, okay, let's skip all of the bad stuff. So, but I just... <laughs> but no, that's important because because that that's a curse, you know, and that is something that that's common in households that you you said at first it wasn't really parents don't talk to children right it's okay. like you, okay. you gotta right. just play along to get along as a kid right so is there anything that that that, that could have happened different that you think would have made you any i'm not gonna say better or different like if she was married and had a actual a good father or a good father figure in your life do you think it would have made that much difference in your life i feel like if they would have communicated like what was going on i would have been okay even but what with was him it what was it another, even with him having another family if right. they would have communicated with me i would have been fine if they would have came in and been like hey my name is so and so and i'm the i'm the new stepdaddy or the sheriff in town or whatever but to just move in and do and give and command, like I'm halfway grown already. You right. you can't do that. You know, you just can't do that when when I've been helping hold this house down. Like if it weren't for me, 
ain't no telling right. what would happen. You so know I, what I'm saying? I assume I assume you were a teenager when this happened. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So fast forward. Um, you went through everything you went through with dealing with that. You became grown. Um, you had Atiana. You moved to Ivanhoe, right? Yes, that was my okay. first place. So, what was that like? Just being in Ivanhoe with 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 TT. Was that were you ever worried about her being there or anything? Oh no, not in Ivanhoe. I was good because that's when the drug life started. You know, so okay. I really I didn't know. It was almost you know I moved to Ivanhoe and made a deal with the inside like hey y'all got y'all shit on the inside i got mad out here we ain't got no beef it, hey they started shopping with me right and that was just right. the thing of Ivanhoe. any neighborhood i go to i could still go there today because i was just me and <laughs> you know applause right. and pats on the back you know, I wasn't scared of nobody or no none of that. Wherever I went, I really didn't care, but that was just like my attitude, my mindset. Avonhoe wasn't, right. the projects weren't scary for me because I grew up in them. Right. I know what everything looked like. So, no, no, one not scary now what, about the project. Now, it was scary for other people that was moving there because, you know. Now, as far as, uh, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you come in and try to move around like, you own a place, you know, you just don't do that shit, you know. <laughs> you right, know but, right, right, right. Yeah. So, did TT's father have a problem with that? Like, you hustling and having a baby and all that? No, because he was in the process of trying to figure himself out. And I, I'm, I'm going to try to promise not to speak bad about nobody and put my mouth on nobody but my stepfather right Mm -hmm. um, and it's sad because I love my stepdaddy right and he he even passed away but in the process of me growing up I called him that man to all my friends they didn't even know his name he was that man so Mm -hmm. Mr. Young when they was over township and all that different stuff back home and he gave him a job once he got that job and got him some glasses he started smelling <laughs> himself so what wait 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 hold on what do you mean he got him some glass because he couldn't see <laughs> like he would have the papers up to his face no shade oh. red but uh, you know <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he couldn't see. And so it was one of them things where he started going, he was at the strip clubs and hanging out and all of this different stuff while, you know, I was working. I got my first job at Popeyes. I was working at Popeyes, et cetera, et cetera, um, and doing my little side thing. And so... Country, time out. What? We're not just going to keep sliding over these fucking glasses. Listen. (laughs) I've never heard a person getting glasses make them get arrogant. Oh, yeah, because he could see. He started to be able to see. So, you know, don't, I don't want to throw no shade on you, Red, oh, but he could not see. Oh, they was man. like four layers thick. He was walking oh. around there. You know how they make your eyes real small? Yeah. They made his eyes not real small. Yeah, and so then I, I had my son 
and like we was only together maybe like Tiana I don't even really know how old Tiana was maybe like three years old maybe she made it to about three or four and then we separated so that was it so now what's the next one okay so cause I moved around to Avenue a couple of times and then they was about to raid the house and I ended up moving from Avenue to Buchanan and then as soon as I moved out they ended up raiding the house okay so you dodged the bullet I dodged the bullet. Praise Jesus. So when did or what influenced you to start changing your life? The words of my grandfather started coming back. And I've always been a person that's been in the church. My auntie Wanda was like a, a pillar. She was a rock. My mom and my daddy kind of taught me the 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 hustle. They, they taught me to hustle, right? And my aunt Wanda was kind of the one that for real gave me Christ. My mama took me to church, no doubt. I remember getting baptized and all that stuff because your parents make you get baptized and you just kind of go with the flow. So I remember that part of life. But then my auntie was just always very persistent with it. And as you start making moves, experience will teach you a whole lot of stuff, right? Because I did a lot of, I did a lot of, a lot of, again, fighting in every club that it was, right? Whatever, Satchez, Crystal Palace, The Cave, you know, uh, lose lounge, whatever, right? It was a fight there with our name on it, Sand City, you know. And so it was just time. Like, I always had a house full of people where I was teaching them, you know, how to pay bills, manage y'all money, go to school, how to uh, bag up these, you know, $10 sacks, you know, your, your half ounces. And, you know, it was just a whole method to the madness. Right, that was going on inside of the houses. We gonna braid some hair. We gonna do whatever. And so, like, even with Boogie, Poe Boogie, bless her heart, because it was like I met, I hunted her down at Westside, went through the records, and she'll tell that story. But she came to get her hair done when I left. I when I left my mom in them house, I got pregnant. I moved out and I left that. But we was in Glen Park. And I was braiding her hair on the table and, you know, the house got shot up and I had to follow her and, you know, cover her, protect her. And then, but everybody had to grab guns and go outside. So she, oh, her got to see a part of that life, you know, and just to, to turn it around, them kids was getting older and I didn't want that. You know, and it's why kids is young, that's when you are supposed to impart into them because they're like sponges. And I'm a very wise girl, you know, and I always promise myself to do something different than what my mother and father did for me. And that was just a promise that I made to myself. And so as they started to get older, it was a thing of they start merging the schools in Gary, I think when uh, T got in the seventh grade, they start merging them schools right. and uh, all girls schools, all boys schools and all this different right. stuff. And I'm sitting up here like, oh, hey, you now charter schools popping up everywhere. But that's what happened when the white people stopped pouring the money into the community or the black people start stopped pouring the money into the community and people not paying their taxes on their houses. So it's not no money to go into the schools, you know, and my thing was, okay, it's time to go. We got to move. We we either going to go to Mississippi with my mama or we coming to Washington 
where his mama was at. And that's how we ended up here. Am I going too fast? Uh-uh. But what made... How old were... How old were T.T.? And at this point, you got Cassandra. I think Tiana was like 10. How many years apart is they? Like four? So that means Cassandra had to be like six. Which sounds okay. almost about right. Um, so that's what that's when you went to Spokane. No. Yeah. 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 I don't think they were that young. We've been here thirteen years. No. Tiana they, was they... probably graduating from like sixth grade, seventh grade. She was graduating so I, from like the seventh grade. So maybe she was they like make 13. Her 13. Okay. So that means Cassandra was still like Come on, you do math. How far like apart eight. is that? How far uh, apart Tiana is that? finna be 26, Cassandra 22. Four years apart. Four years. So, that would be what? Nine. We sound real that would be nine right and, now. That would be <laughs> nine and 13. Nine plus four is 13. Yeah, I don't know why like you Cassandra think I did the math for you. I thought well, Cassandra was older than that. I feel like Cassandra was younger than that for whatever the reason, because when we moved here, I feel like she was in like the second grade somewhere now. And so maybe, maybe. that math is about right, because what, eight, nine, second grade, maybe that's about right. Nine is third grade. She anyway. was in elementary school, right. Okay. <laughs> so, but what made you pick Spokane versus Mississippi, Mississippi. because yeah. my mama was just like please do not bring them here you know she was like because they are still racist and Tiana would make it but she was like Cassandra Darcy in it so those them kids wouldn't make it and so mm. it was just one of them things to where when we um, came up here and in three days, like I knew my way around, I had visually mapped it like Gary from first to 57th and different things like that in East Chicago. And did, like I mapped it out and was able to find my way. And so when Did things is, yeah, when things is like, God make things hard for you and then it get easy. But when, right. when God wants it to happen, he make it plain. And so it right. was one of them things to where it was just that feeling to go. So was it, how was, how was it adjusting to, to <clears throat> being in Spokane? Because, you know, I visit you there several times and I know the environment. Well, when I go to visit you, you were already established, but I couldn't imagine being there being new. How would come in there? Like when you first got there, just that environment, how was, how was the adjustment to that? Well, first of all, I'm going to praise Jesus for my house about to get raided. I mean, for my house being raided, but I was gone because my stepfather put me on Section 8 because he was on the board for Housing Authority as well. He had his hands in a bunch of different pots in Indiana. And so I ended up on housing. And so we were able to, to take the Section 8 and port to Washington. But before we left, I set them down and I said to them, you know how you got that one white kid in your class? Well, you about to be the one black person in your class. <laughs> you know, and that was like the best way to put it. And so I had started to groom their mindset. So when they came, 
it wasn't a bad and thing. Right. right. And so once we got here, um, the boys were already here and um, Ty ended up coming maybe like a year or two later. And so when we came, we ended up staying in this little piece of shack on 37th Avenue. It was like two different colors, green and blue or something. <laughs> and I was working two jobs, you know, and then I started going to school. I ended up going and got my associate's degree and was still working them two jobs. But then I started in 2012. We moved up here in 2009. Then I started in 2012 at the job that I'm at now. Okay. Um, Tiana was playing basketball. And so that kind of opened up doors as far as connections and networking and different things like that. Because Who did she play with? Was she like what team? Did she play with anybody notable? Um, she played at Chase Middle School and then okay. she went on to play at um prep and her and what, Laura, what the hell is prep? What is that? It's a private school. It's just called prep. Gonzaga Prep. Don't why are you doing oh. me like this? It's called Gonzaga Prep. Because I don't know. And, I don't. I'm not from there. I'm just trying to find out. Gonzaga Prep. Because that is a notable school. That's why I asked. That's a very notable school. <laughs> um, continue. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. Um, snacking. You know, I, I like see. to eat. Just whatever. <laughs> just go with the next question. <laughs> no, continue. So she played with Laura. Who the hell is that? She played with Laura, which is the one of her good friends, but it's Mr. Stockton's daughter. And so they broke Who records. Who is Mr. Prep. Stockton Country? Who is that? Jeremy, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to talk to you no more. Is this John Stockton? Yes. The John Stockton that played for yes. the Utah Jazz? I can't stand you. <laughs> so, so, Atiana had a chance to play with the daughter of the famous John Stock. Mm-hmm. He coached her. He coached them. What coached what a great them. fucking opportunity that you provided. Good job, mom. So I'm sure that opened up doors for her to be able to do a lot, for you to be able to um rub elbows with a lot of different people. So tell me about Cassandra. The chocolate rock. Chocolate drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my chocolate rocket. Oh, my baby. I love you, Cassandra, boo. That's my chocolate drop. So, Cassandra was doing her and her and Ty was doing. They started doing basketball, but them little heifers stayed in Gary. And that's what they did. <laughs> they bought Gary with them to smoke in. You know, she was a little more flexible. <laughs> And so they used to beat the girls up on the basketball court, oh, and I no. just had to flat out tell them, like, listen, I'm not coming to no more y'all games if y'all oh, gonna be no. beating people up. So then they that. start playing, they start doing volleyball, and I really ended up upset with them because they was really good at volleyball, and that is the avenue that they really should have went down. But again, you know. Um, and I'm not mad at them because they they had their opinions and they felt like, you know, T got supported right. more um, and the support wasn't there for them. But when I say they was beating them kids up, if, if they would have been serious about what they were doing, then the support would have been serious, you know. Right. And so I think as, as children, 
you know, they don't look through that lens, but they're going to have <clears> their <throat> own kids and they're going right. to be able to see, you know, they'll be able to see the why. That is a, you know what? That's a great point because in speaking now, I don't know where they're at as far as maturity, as far as dealing with that. But, you know, I have some older children and initially they do blame their parents for lack of support, but the reality is the reality. I'm only support what you're serious about. If you play like our brother Jamal is is very serious when he talks to his kids and I like the transparency, but he'll tell them, you know, you're not even taking this shit serious. So I'm not buying you anything or waking up out of my sleep to go to it when you're not serious about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, at the time, you know, my older kids have blamed me, have blamed their mom, you know, mm-hmm. where is the support, but you bullshit. So what you want me to mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. You know, so I get it. So yeah, were I'm there not any... be overly, you know, no, I can't let you more than you love yourself. Yeah. That's, that's my, yeah. Yeah. you love yourself. So let me ask you this though. With it being predominantly white, did you all face any form of racism there versus like, I know Mississippi got their own things, but normally Northern states don't have this issue. Did you all experience this there? It's here and yes, I've had, I've had my run-ins with racism here. Yes, I have. Um, But for the most part, it's okay. For the most part, it's okay. I would say you get you about twenty percent. You are running to and have like in, in stores and people shaking and don't want to give you a chance back. Or even on my job, hell, you know, I go, I go through people don't want to talk to me all the time because you the black girl on the phone and you ain't no supervisor and you ain't this and you not that. And it's just like okay, you know. Okay. So yes, it's here and like even Xander, Xander had. Um, and I wanted to just burn the school down, you know, and God really been testing me in many different areas, but even Xander, you know, he is, he was seven at the time and I went through his backpack and it was during a time, maybe, maybe he was seven or about to be seven during a time with all the Trump stuff was going on. And so, you know, families was having conversations in their house, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the little, little kids at school slapped him and spit on him and so the school didn't tell me about it it took maybe like seven days I ended up looking in his backpack and there was a letter that said Xander I'm so sorry for spitting it spitting in your face and slapping you I love you you're my friend oh I blew a head gasket because y'all quick to tell me that Xander push somebody down or Xander didn't sit up in his chair at school or Xander didn't do you know what I'm saying but you failed to tell me this or y'all better not fail to do nothing like that no more Mm. that's deep so yes it is here um but I feel like as being black you, you got thick skin you, you don't right. have a choice but to have it you know <clears throat> right. and that sets you above everybody else and if people can get that in their head then we could definitely be a great race that's a good point so were there any aspirations or dreams that you left behind here no not necessarily 
Is it something I'm supposed to be talking about? Mm-mm. I'm just asking. No. No. I'm just trying to see, was it something that no, you left as far here? as, like, you know, as far as family moving, you know, because it was yeah, almost naturally. like, it was almost like the story of, is it Abraham, where God told him to, to, you know, just go? You know, it was almost an Abraham moment where God said, just go, you know, and trust me. And so since, since um, we decided to make the move here, it's been nothing but stability. You know, I have my moments, but it's it's been a really good thing outside of like missing family. Because if I was at home, everybody's lives would be different. There's so many things that wouldn't be going on in the lives of you guys, you know, because I would have been there to help teach different things and instill things in you guys right. to bring you closer together, to build that, that unit, that foundation, right? And I can do it from here. I have done some things from here, but it's not the same. It's almost like grandma being gone. And so who's so, there to put it right. all back together? You know? So would you would you say that the move you made versus that, like you said, there's a lot of things that you could have did. You could have did different. You could have did, you know, that you wanted to do. I wish I'm I sure would have invested that, that drug, man. You know, I wish somebody would have. <laughs> right. No lie. Now, I wish somebody would have taught me what to do right. with with the money that was going through my hands instead of you know living in the moment. That's so something. Was anything that, else that you would have did different? Did. As anything far else as that, you would have did. Just period. Just the decisions you made before you left. I would have finished school. You know, if I could have did certain things in my life over. I would have chose to go to school and to, you know, buy properties and just to invest in different things in different areas. I feel so like now you... that I'm at my age now, I don't feel like it's too late, but I just feel like you're behind. I'm behind. I'm behind yeah. in so many areas, man. It's just <laughs> don't start with me. <laughs> so, don't start with me. I am. <laughs> this is, you know what? <laughs> so, will it be, will it be fair to say that? Um, because this is how I view myself, and a lot of things you said remind me of myself. Not specifically as far as the exact decisions. Like I never sold dope or anything like that. I never did that. I did other dumb stuff, but it wasn't that. But would it would it be fair to say that the decisions that you made ultimately was a sacrifice to save your kids? As far as moving, yes. Yes, okay. it was, you know. Yeah. That's a hell of a sacrifice. The Bible says there's no better man than one to lay his life on the line yeah, for his brother. Yeah, although your kids ain't your friend slash brother, but we know what they're talking about. They're talking about a person. Yeah, that 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 that's pretty good. So let me ask you this. How the hell did you become country? Country started out when I worked at Popeye's on 11th Avenue. And my boss How told me, shout you, out you were to, grown. to Dodie. You were I grown. was 18, 19, 18, 18 19. Okay. Yeah, shout out to Dodie. Because you ain't from the country, yeah. like, yeah, come and on. everybody else. Um, right. But Dodie used to always say, man, don't nobody know what the hell you say. Are you country down the mud. And so she mm. was like, I'm going to call you country. And so uh, it just kind of it stuck. So when I was in the street, so, like, people from Avenue know me as country, right? 
and everything after that. People know me as country. People did not know my real name. So like if I'm in the streets and somebody's saying country, what's up? They don't know me. They know the street me, right? And people from Mela, they know that my name is Kalisha. And so that is where country came from. I run into a lot of people that know you. And they all tell me that you're the beat up men. I just ran into somebody from Miller Projects. My dude Anton, shout out to Anton. I don't know if you ever heard this, but good dude. I went to school with his uh, nephews. His son's a little bit younger than me, but um, he's a good dude. And he just told me like two days ago that you know he knew you, and he like, man, she used to beat the hell out of men. What is this? Why did you beat up so many men? It wasn't a thing of just like beating up men and targeting men. It was just that when you in the mode and you in, you know, it's going down, you just go down too, you know? And again, I had a one hit a quitter that people paid for. I'd be in a club and people be like, I'll give you a hundred bucks to knock her ass out to him or whoever. And it went down, you know? Um, I laugh on the inside because my inside man said I was about that life, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. If we got to put people in the trunk or move around, however, it had to go, you know, that's just what it was. Thank God for Jesus, right? Because right. it, you, I, I, when I was maybe like at the end of my 20s, in my 30s, somewhere, I started apologizing to people. I was calling, like, you know, if I ever wronged you, I am sorry. I had a a, a girl that inboxed me on Facebook and she was just like, Talisha, you were so mean to me. You know, you used to take my tray and you used to do this and that. And I said, but what did you do to other people? And right. she was like, you right. I said, okay then. So, you know, that's why I was like that. I ain't had no beef with you. I had beef with what right. you were doing. You know, and that's so... The, that, that's, humble. that's humble and very meek of you. Well... I don't know if that, you know, made it right. <laughs> but I was just, you know, trying to clear my slate because I did a lot of a lot of wrong. You know, and I, I done had my, my run-ins, you know, shot at and all this different stuff. And But God kept me. You know, house been broken into and just different stuff. Guns pointed at my face. God kept me. You know, uh, me and Farrah was in the con 25th and some some niggas was at the barbershop, you know, because I used to hang on 25th, and pulled up, I was in my blue Lumina. They pulled up, pointed that gun, and I still, I think about that. What if he would have shot? I'd be dead. I wouldn't be here no more. And Donald them got on their motorcycles and chased them up the highway. Whatever happened after that, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But, you know. So, moving forward, um now like today's country I try are there not any to goals say country because i feel like that's my evil twin sister that's fine <laughs> you know but, but today we on chatting with country and i am the uh-huh. host remy oh, so fine, we're gonna say it today okay so listen today's country because she's re she's remade herself right avenue got tore down anyway and so did the miller project so the old country is buried somewhere in the rubbish pile so listen um today's country are there goals for yourself for your for family that you have currently or certain seeds that you're planting that you would like to see come to pass 
As far as my children is concerned, um, they got to care. So as far as your, your kids, you said they got to carry their own weight? Yeah, my children have to carry their own cross. I'm here, you know, at this point, if they need me. Um, I think my focus now is bringing up Xander to make sure that I can pour into him the best that I can and that is solid people around him to help build this foundation. Um, as far as seeds being planted, um, I'm big in a community and I do purse drives. Tell us about that. That's what I want to hear about. Come on now. <laughs> so it's is the season oh, to be jolly. <laughs> fa la 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 la. Get your neighbor's purses, your co-workers' purses, so y'all can send me a Take yeah. the halls <laughs> with bows of holly. Okay. La 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 la. I'm sorry. I just when when the la, Christmas la, mood la, gets la, going, la. it just it just does something to me. You gotta excuse me. So okay, so tell us about the purse drive. So 2017, so my son passed away, um, and 2017 December. You know, holidays. Let's talk about holidays, right? Come so on. holidays Come on. is can be tough for for people. You know, sure. it's it's like a depression time of the year. And I almost want to say it's related to the time change, right? This is just my own theory. Because it's gloomy and, and it's dark most of the day. Right. Right. It's dark when you wake up. It's dark in the afternoon when you get off of work. So, like, where's the daylight at? And so that causes people to go into a depression anyway. And so then you get into November and December and you lose loved ones that's close to you all the time around this time. And it just turned it into something that really sucks. And I was laying in bed thinking about my son every year around the same time. I go into this little why, what could have, what could I have done different? What was the reasoning, et cetera, et cetera, right? And God showed me, it was like a curtain pulled across my face. And he showed me a room. And in this room was nothing but purses. And so I laughed. You know, I was, <laughs> what I'm supposed to do with that? Right. And God was like, you're going to fill them. <laughs> I'm going to fill them with what? Like, this right, is the conversation right. with God. People say they can't hear God, but if you listen, <laughs> you can definitely him. hear it's what's true. going down. So it was like, you're going to fill them with toiletries and stuff. How in the hell I'm supposed to do that? Right. Like, huh? You know, but here I am in 2022. And, you know, the first purse drive was February of 2018. I put the word out. We start collecting. I done linked up with uh, McDonald's, Wake Up Coffee, Project Beauty Share, Chas Clinic, and then a bunch of different donors, right? That And they donate purses. They donate uh, the toiletries, hand and foot warmers, and, and everything. And so... Since 2018, I've given away over, I always say like 1,500 purses 
right? To the different wow. homeless shelters, to the people on the streets. We walked the park last year for my birthday. I had a vision that I had purses on every hand. And I was downtown in the park on my birthday giving out purses. And that's exactly what happened. And so with that being said, that is something that is like near and dear to me, giving back. And my children, they watch me. And so now they give back. And Tayana and Cassandra and Devion, they went down because I take little goodie sacks too. So on top of the purse drives, I do little sacks. And in those sacks, I put coffee cards, I put chapstick, I put bubble gum, um, just little uh, McDonald's things cards, you can get right, 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 right. Um, hand and foot warmers in these little sacks. And I keep them in a car all winter and we pass them out. And so they ended up taking some stuff down to the homeless show, uh, to the homeless camp tent city that used to be downtown. They did that. But Xander, you know, we'll be in line at McDonald's and he'll be like, can we pay for that meal? Um, That's dope. Homeless. I like that. He'll be like, that go a homeless guy. Can we get him a sack? You know, and so I allow him to point out who he wants to give to so he can listen to his inside man so he know what to do. And so those are little seeds um, that I plant as far like as community. That. I like that. So can you give us the information on where we can donate? Um, you can always, you can cash at me, Apple Pay, reach out to me on Facebook. Um, <laughs> it's an event. <laughs> Look, I'm like speechless. It's an event coming Come on, up. Come on, now. Talk and to the me. last day of uh, taking donations is December the 15th. And okay. we are going to feel on December 17th over at Morningstar. Missionary Baptist Church over in Spokane, usually about two o'clock. Usually it's at 12, but it'll be about two. And then those donations will go to the different shelters. So cash out to dollar sign Talisha Roberson. Spell um, it. T like Taylor, A-L-E-S-H-A-R-O-B like Bill, E-R-S-O-N. That's the cash out. And then Ro- as far Ro- as everything Robert's son. Ro- son. Robbers. I can't deal with you. <laughs> I'm just trying to, because I'm looking at it from a point of view like um, when people say, hey, my cash shop is Cable Man 2. Like, is it the number two? Is it 2-2? Two, two? Is it, you know, it's like 10 different tools already. My fault. That's my wish. <laughs> right so okay i think that i think that is really well I, I actually like that so listen let's move in a different direction okay mm-hmm. How, how's dating life um my dating life i guess is okay um Definitely one day at a time. Okay. Every time talk, I, I think about... Um, you're being really passive. Let's talk about your heart. Mm. <laughs> you're being really passive. I like how you tiptoe. I'm being gentle. I just want a little bit. <laughs> one, two, one, two, what about, about my heart? heart? What about my heart? What do you mean? My, my heart. My heart. My heart is it, is it cold? Is, is it warm? Is it no, my heart my heart is my heart is warm. 
right? Okay. In a certain area of dating, right? But in, in the fleshly world, I have to take my time. And so, okay. you know, it's like, you know that a person is your lifetime partner, but that person has to accept it and I guess learn how to deal with it. And okay. it's almost like if you release something and if it comes back, then it's yours. Or, you know, if you release it and it don't come back, then it's not yours in that moment. And it's almost like when you get to that road of making that right or that left and you choose left, then, you know, you, the rest of your life end up messed up. But if you choose right, you'd be okay. Right. Um, I do have some very serious feelings for someone. Okay. Um, like how serious, like possible marriage oh serious? God. Oh my God. What level of serious are we are we talking about kids serious? Are we talking about talk would, to me? You know what? If I had to have a whole baby, I would have a whole okay. baby. Okay. You're a little old for that, old but okay. Self, but you know, yeah. I would geriatric I would, pre- I would. pregnancy. <laughs> pregnancy. Geriatric. I would I that's called laying down your life for a friend. I would lay down my life for a friend. And so okay. Right now, we're just friends. And so, it's kind of... I don't know. Next. So, would you, get, would you get married again? I would definitely get married again. I would. So you, would have a, you would have another child, at least. Yes, if God gave me a baby, I would have a baby, yes. You know, God God don't put nothing more on you than you could bear. Um, when you say that, how do you interpret that? Because when I hear God don't put no more on you than you can bear, I look at the heart. And people look at things, right? So people say, well, God won't put nothing on you more than you can bear. And they look at my uncle, dad, five other family members, dad, yeah. my car got totaled. Um, That's not what God's talking about. God is talking about so, your heart. God is talking about your heart. When he say he so I put agree. nothing more on you than you can bear, God talking about the heart. Once your heart get full, then that's when he prepared that room for you and he come get you. He is not talking about the things right. he's talking about. I could I could believe that. That's definitely that's definitely um Yeah. I can I can believe that. Okay. So then so, people looking at the things of the world, right? That's not what God's talking about bearing. Okay. Okay. What's well, issue there? Um, I'm a, I'm a, I just want to touch on this before I put a wrap on it, right? Tell us about your. You are you a certain religion? Do you only, you know, practice certain a, religious beliefs? I go to Would a you? Baptist church, um, only because I've been to Presbyterian churches. I've been to the cathedrals. I've been okay. to. Um, um, so several different denominations. Thank you, and. If I can say that I'm non-denominational, I would definitely pick that as a choice, right? Because it's not one set place that I would say, I'm one that take information from everywhere. Because at the end of the day, it all leads back to God. You know, they can, I feel like if I was born in Africa, whatever they over there doing, I would do that. If I was born in China, 
I, you know, I would be a, a Buddhist or, or whatever over there. You know what I'm saying? It's wherever your place and their God is their God. And it all comes back to the same God. Now, I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I only believe in those things because I know what operates on the inside of me. I believe right. in my spirit, man. You know, my hair stand up if something ain't right. You know, I believe in the different energies, right? And so... That's fair. Yeah. I think to be spiritual is to be, is to be open-minded. Then when you get into specifics, like people say that they're woke or they're opening their third eye, I think it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. The different uh, denominations are political. When they all worship the same God, which I don't get. I know people have their opinion. I don't give a fuck. But I think that being open-minded and open-spirited and having an open heart for, like, different things as far as spirituality does make the difference. That is a really good point. Because there's not, nothing in the Bible that says, what the hell a, a pescatarian is? Ain't that what you said? You went to a pescatarian? Pre- okay, I'm sorry. Wrong thing. What am I talking about? Like a person that eat fish or something. Yeah, so, like exterminator or something to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> sound like somebody that's fish. Right. Damn. Man, dinosaur eggs or That may be true. So, <laughs> I really like that. Um, is there anything else you want to add? No, you know, I'll stop talking in a minute because I don't really like talking about myself. I know, but you know what? I really enjoyed this. I really learned a lot about you. What I did really you learn? Because I ain't said nothing to me that you don't already know. What did you learn? You know what? what? You, you know what? This isn't about me today. It's no, about well, yeah. I would like to know what what you learned though. I'm I'm serious. What did you learn? It's about what's yeah. your wrap up? If you can wrap us up about what you learned about your sister, brother, what did you learn? You know, I think about um, if I wouldn't have been nosy and been trying to pull everybody together, how you know we wouldn't even have relationships right now. I think about, I get mad because when I met y'all, one of y'all got hurt playing baseball in Methodist Hospital emergency room. And Jennifer came over to me. I had Tiana with me. I think that's when she bit her tongue off. And she was just like, these your brothers. And I was like, okay. Here go my phone number. I wanted wanted to actually save that for a sibling, uh, a sibling podcast. Mm, okay. Because I wanted to be me, you. Yeah, me, you, Jamal, and Tasha. I want to say that. Okay. I want to say that. But as a rap, um, I can tell you what I got out of it, though. I, I can tell you what I got out of it. Um, the most important thing that I learned was number one, just because you're in a position that doesn't look good, or you're not necessarily doing what's considered to be good the whole time that sometimes there is a way out not every time some people will die selling drugs some people will die hustling some people will die doing whatever and never and never come out of it right but you had the chance to come out of it and you took it and it actually led to 
it actually led to the progression of your kids which to me i believe you broke a generational curse because the one thing that you were able to provide to them was the opportunity that you didn't have you provided them an environment that you didn't have um just to be in spokane as a, a young black person in itself is an opportunity versus coming from here where we're limited resources we're limited education we're limited jobs there's a lot of chains that that are invis in, invisible in gary indiana that people don't even know they they're bound to and to be able to lift those chains for your kids is just wonderful i got that out of it i wrote down I, I wrote down breaking generational curses as well and i'm gonna say breaking generational curses as far as being on welfare right, right? breaking generational curses as far as being on section eight you know move them into home ownership show them what it was like to have a home um show them what it was like to not have a m tag on your car for 30 days and you keep changing the numbers out show them how to make sure they had um insurance on their cars insurance on their homes and different things like that as they got older and they got out on their own they was mad at me because they said you made this stuff look easy and it's not easy but you you taught them a lot of responsibility yeah they say you made this stuff look easy you know and and in my head i'm like please i was robbing peter to pay paul i maxed out a lot of credit cards and paid them off you know and back and forth things like that um but sometimes i get sad because it feel like i've self-sacrificed so much where's my reward right? right i don't really have a best friend you know what I'm saying? Me and Lisa, we done started, you know, with our relationship, but I don't really have nobody I can call and say, hey, let's go jump this plane and go hang out and have fun. I don't have that. So I really feel like I self-sacrifice a lot. I go without a whole lot um, because of the choices that I made. And so I don't know if that's good or bad, but at the end of the day, the fruit is worth it because my children right. are some good children. You know, so. That is a wonderful uh, way to look at it. That's a selfless, you're a very selfless person for that. And before, anything else before I put the finishing touches on this? No, go ahead and put the finishing touches on now because you're busy. I'm definitely not. But if you're hanging out with me, (laughs) I will hang out with you. Talk to you later. (laughs) Adios, muchachos.